Welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Today, you are going to learn how to outsmart emotional eating and live a life of happiness and joy without giving up the foods you love. Now, here is Dr. Nina. Hi, welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland, psychoanalyst, and I am here to help you liberate yourself from emotional eating, take back control of your life, and feel great in your body, all without dieting, spending hours in the gym, or counting a single calorie carb or background. Today's topic is exercises to age gracefully in your 50s and beyond. And I am so excited because I have a special, special, special guest, um, Jody Harrison Bauer. I'm going to tell you about her in just a moment. But first, age is just a number, right? But what happens when the exercises that worked before stop having the same effect. That can be so frustrating. And Jody is here to talk about what fitness looks like in our 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond, or our 40s, whatever. Um, and whether you're a seasoned gym goer or just taking your first steps towards a healthier lifestyle, Jody is gonna guide you to the workouts, tips, and inspiring stories that are really gonna help you. Let me tell you about Jody. She is a two-time world bikini champion. And she made history as the oldest contender for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue in 2019. Once a people pleaser and timid by nature, Jody, I find that so hard to believe. She turned her life around at age 42. She took the reins of her own happiness. And she is a firm believer that age does not define beauty. And she is now an ageless warrior who is advocating against ageism. And through her podcast, also on Voice America, Fearlessly Authentic, she empowers women everywhere. Welcome, Jody. Thank you, Nina. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to I am, help your listeners with whatever I need to help them with. Well, I am so glad that you're here. So first of all, tell us about being an ageless warrior, because we live in a world, especially in LA, where I live, where everyone kind of starts having the same face because they go to the same plastic surgeon or they're having the same like they just they they lose their identity because they're they're so afraid of aging or looking older um and of course that has ramifications with exercise and all that but on your instagram you say you say 62 years young age is an attitude i help women feel and be their best as they age so tell us about this like fearless sense of embracing your age rather than trying to hide it. Yeah. And I, I like the point that you made about plastic surgery and just like how everybody thinks that they need to look a certain way. And aging is so, um, it's so unique to everybody. We are all aging differently. We're all looking differently and, and, even if you do go the route to get a little lift here or there or whatever you choose to do, that is your journey. That is your story. And I I want women to understand that they have the power to age the way they want. They want to get plastic surgery. That's fine with them. I'm not here to judge anybody because trust me, I've been judged enough my whole life. But it's... Aging is a unique journey. It really is just, you know, I don't think we realize it until we get to be a certain age. You know, as you mentioned, I'm 62 
and I've been through a divorce and I've had, I have two grown children and I had two miscarriages and I've lost my parents. You know, I've gone through a lot and I would hope that at 62, I've experienced a lot of life and most of it being happy, but look, you know, life is about the ups and downs and finding that balance. So, um, you know, aging is really up to the way you want to take on that journey. And it is a passionate um, mission for me to empower with women with that feeling because so many women like myself felt that they needed to um, fit in a box, look a certain way, act a certain way, especially if maybe... Nina, you would probably know better if you're a firstborn and you are a people pleaser. I don't know if they go together, but I've heard that they sometimes do. And I think it's probably more women than men. But overall, being a people pleaser, um, the episode I released on Fearlessly Authentic last week was about life is too short to be vanilla. And what I was saying was basically vanilla is for me, that base flavor, you know, we all have to have a base that's a base flavor. And then, you know, I want to be a swirl with sprinkles and all that other stuff on it. And every woman out there has the decision to make on her own, not for anybody else, not her kids, her parents, her, her significant other to make for her. And it's really hard when you are, let's just say in your thirties, where so much is happening in your life. I mean, a lot of women, I know it's changed, it's gotten older, but so many women feel that, you know, the pressure to have children by a certain age, be a certain way. And then now with social media, I sound so old, but now with social media, there's this horrible comparison thing and devaluing who you are and not loving who you are. We forget all of those things because we get so involved with the comparisons. And, you know, when you're younger, you really get pulled into that. And for me, I just was that. And I just saw the Barbie movie on Sunday. Um, have you seen it? I have. Yeah. So I was, I just posted something this morning um, about that stereotypical Barbie. Now I don't look like Barbie. I don't want to look like Barbie. I never Barbie was never, you know, um, a goal for me. I didn't even play with them. But stereotypical, right? That's sort of what I honed into. And that's what I was in my marriage. And that's what I broke away from. And that's what I don't want any woman to get stuck doing. Had I stayed in that relationship, I don't know what kind of woman I would be right now, but probably not the kind of woman I am now, I can tell you that. So that's the long answer to that very short question you asked me. But it's a beautiful answer because you know it. You're saying don't, don't be, don't let society dictate what you should be doing with your life, what you should look like, right. any of these shoulds. As my one of my uh, college professors used to say, "Don't should on yourself." Mm. <laughs> it 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 doesn't go well, and and it's about choice, and it's right. about it's about deciding for yourself what beauty is what what you want to do or not do and that's empowering to just have that sense of choice rather than obligation to go along with the cultural values um so when it comes to when it comes let's go back to exercise because when mm -hmm. it comes to exercise i hear from a lot of people who say oh it used to be like i could go on a diet and like in a month i'd have my body back or 
or I'd go, I do like these certain exercises and there I'd have my abs back and it's no longer working. What's happening? What? It's so What's... frustrating once that, you know, once menopause hits right. and, and suddenly things aren't the same as they used to be and they're not working in your body as they used to be. What do you tell people who are at that place where it's like, what happened to my stomach? Hello. I get asked that, Nina, everywhere I go, wherever I see women over, let's just say 55, because most women are either at the end of menopause or have completed it. And they are now postmenopausal women. And it's not the end of our life. It is actually the beginning of a beautiful, very empowering chapter book in our life, for goodness sake. I mean, I'm going to live 30, 40 more years, but it is so many women feel like, well, I have to look like my grandmother. And however, the answer to your question is that I get asked that all the time. It was so easy when I was in my thirties and forties. Well, right. Because for the most part, your hormones were probably balanced more so than they are now. Um, so many women post-menopausal, I'm just going to say this, is think that they don't need their hormones anymore, which for everybody who's listening, you need your hormones all the time. Um, you need to have them balanced. And it's important that you see the right specialist to make sure that you do have balanced hormones because you are going to feel unbalanced. You might feel depressed or sad or sluggish or foggy brain and all of those things that you start feeling while you're going through menopause. So these women come up to me and they tell me all of these things. I don't feel like myself. I never had a belly. I used to weigh 100 pounds. Now I weigh 140 pounds. I'm five feet tall. What do, what do I do, Jody? And then they say to me, what do you eat? Which I think is going to be the name of my book. What should I eat? Um, which is interesting to talk to you about, you know, because we do, we're on the same page, but it's a little, it's a little different, you know? Um, so what should I eat? So it's very important that I understand, like, even at, if I'm out for dinner or like at a, a bar listening to live music with my husband, you know, the music's blaring and these women are like, what do I do with my belly? What do I do with my belly? And I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for them. And then getting into the whole eating thing. And it really comes down to our hormones are our balance. We need more of what we didn't have in our 20s, 30s, and even 40s. So that's the first thing I suggest to them is see a hormone specialist, get your hormones checked. And for everybody listening who's in their 20s or 30s, um, get your hormones checked. I'm not a hormone specialist, but get your hormones checked so you know what your base hormone levels are. So when you do, you know, when you do get pregnant, when you are postpartum, when you are perimenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal, you know what your levels were when you were in your 20s, for example. So I do mention that to them. And then I ask them, you know, well, actually, I never have to ask them what they eat. They always tell me what they eat. Every single woman I talk to tells me what they eat and what they do for a workout. So I let them know. And here it is, listeners. Um, the hormones are one thing. Number two, 80% of how you feel in your body has to do with what you are eating. Um, and 10% of that, 10% is training and 10% is your genetic makeup. So I am never going to be um, five foot 10 with long legs. That's just not me. I'm five feet tall. And um, 
I could change the color of my hair and my eyes, but genetically, I'm not going to change anything about my my genetic makeup. I can't change it. So what we have to do is we have to work with what we have. And yes, ladies, it does get harder. It does get harder. I'm sad, sad to say this, but it's the truth. It gets harder as we get older. However, if we start building and creating these habits as young as in our late teens and early 20s that take us throughout our life, that when we do hit perimenopause, when we are postpartum, when we do go through that huge change of life, and think about it, from the time we go through puberty until postmenopause, our hormones are unbalanced the whole time. So if you start with healthy habits, understanding why you're eating. So talk to Dr. Nina, why are you eating certain foods? What's triggering that? How do I change it to have those healthy relationships with food, which is what so many women struggle with. And then once you, you resolve that, or you understand why you're eating what you're eating, try to create healthy habits from that. And then we could exercise based on your goals and activity level and your age. You know, all those factors come into play, but it does get harder. You know, I've mentioned this a few times on other shows, and I believe on your show also, Nina, that I have a sister who is who's always struggled with her weight. She is the definition, unfortunately, of morbidly obese, and she has struggled her whole life with weight. And we won't get into the whole thing, but she doesn't have a good relationship with food. But given her genetic makeup also, because everyone on my mom's side is obese, my dad's side, little people like me, um, she does have to work a little bit harder. So I think that's really important for women to understand that as we do get older, we do have to work a little bit harder. I have to work a little bit harder in the gym now. I mean, and I've been working out for over 40 years. What would you say to someone who's like, okay, I wish I could get into my DeLorean time travel device and go back in time and be a teenager and start these healthy habits. But alas, I never did that. And here I am. And I would like, I'd work out and then I wouldn't, and then I do it and then I wouldn't. And here I am, I'm, I'm 50 years old or whatever. And I, where do I begin? Is it too late? Like, what about those people who are like yeah. they, they're ready to start, but they don't know what to do first? What do you it tell is, them? It is never too late, ladies. It is never, ever, 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 ever too late. The, the first thing that I would tell you, honestly, if you are new to working out and you are new to going into a gym, the first thing I would tell you is to do your research and find a competent, an incredibly competent trainer who has who specializes with women your age. You do not want a 25-year-old trainer who's hot and cute and all that other stuff that's been training for six months and only knows how to train himself or herself. You want, she doesn't have to be an older woman and she doesn't have to be a woman. She, He or she just needs to be somebody who is experienced in helping women at your age getting started. Because the biggest problem with women saying, I'm going to start tomorrow and joining a gym or jumping into a class and trying to keep up with other people who have been doing this for much longer and having an instructor who is not good and not watching out for your form and you're, you're going to get hurt and you're not going to feel good about yourself. 
And that's what that's what happens to so many women. They put themselves in a situation and this is about life. It's important to step out of your comfort zone, but be smart about where that outside your comfort zone is. All right. Know what you're doing, because if you don't feel good after you're doing it, you're not going to return. So I've been doing this podcast, Fearlessly Authentic, for three and a half years now. If I didn't have any listeners, I probably would have stopped a year and a half ago, right? I would have given it my all. And I'm like, this just isn't working. Go back to the drawing board and figure it out. But we need to do things where we're getting positive feedback um, and it, to build our confidence. Because once you do find that right mentor, trainer, coach, therapist, and they are helping you make baby steps in the right direction to help you feel better about what you're doing to feel better about yourself and how you present yourself to the world, then you're going to come back and keep doing it. It's a confidence builder. So make sure that you choose correctly. And I do tell women that too, even with the live music playing in our ears at a bar, and I'm not at bars all that often, but I'm just using that as the last example of what happened to me that, um, and I'm and I'm happy to help women all the time. Happy, happy to help them. Um, but they need to listen to me. And those are my famous words. If you listen to me, your life will change. And I'm sure you can relate to that, right? Oh, I'm listening to you. You scare <laughs> me a little bit, Jody. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, kind of. Well, you know what, you know what it is? I'm tough, but I'm nurturing. So I I want to be realistic. I'm not a coddler. I never have been. And um, I just feel that when you get to be about 50 or so and you feel things are changing, you become an empty nest or whatever is going on in your life. Um, if you want a coddler, I would not be your trainer. OK, I am. You know, I'm the woman who gives you results and I'm the woman who says I'm going to hold you accountable. I, I I would get rid of clients that would cancel on me or, you know, would come 15 minutes late for a 30 minute workout. Goodbye. Goodbye. And here's your money. You so be more serious and committed than your client. Yeah. Right. Right. And also uh, what I remind women of, and I want the ladies who are listening or the men who are listening um, to understand that remember why you started. So if somebody comes up to me and they're asking me all these questions, I'm giving them all of this from my heart because this is, you can tell how passionate I am about this. And when they reach out to me and then I know that they've never done anything with it, that's why what I've learned the hard way is I would give so much and I would get nothing back. It's like relationship. It's a relationship. And, um, you know, I always remind them, why did you start? Why, why did you start this? And if it's that important to you, because people will always find the time and money to do the things with people that are priorities in their life. Absolutely. You know, I want to go back to something that you said, which is that change is food is 80% of it. Training is 10% of it. And genetics is 10% of it. Often I hear things like, well, I, I was on the treadmill for an hour so. Because of that, I had a piece of chocolate cake or which then, of course, turns into 10 pieces of chocolate cake when people binge, although not everyone who has a piece of chocolate cake ends up binging. But the point is, is that there's this idea that you have to earn the right to eat yeah. by working out. And there's this overestimation of 
how many calories you're burning that then gives you the right to have this food. And that just ends up in catastrophe. Can you speak to that a little bit? Okay. That's a big topic. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is that you cannot outrun the fork. So you cannot outrun the calories. I don't count calories. Um, I count macronutrients. A macronutrient is a protein, a carbohydrate, a starch, a fat. Those are macronutrients. And the most important macronutrient is a protein. You cannot transform your body from, quote, fat, okay, to fit, from skinny to strong, from um, I can't remember. I had another, I had another one, but I can't remember what it is, but to feel healthy. So these are all goals to be healthy. If it, if your goal is to, I want to look hot for my, my husband on our uh, trip. Uh, sure. I can make anybody look hot and healthy. Sure. But is it sustainable? So to sustainability is hugely important. So um, to Dr. Nina's point, you cannot outrun the food that you ate an hour ago, nor can you make up all the protein you need to eat for a day in one meal because your body can't absorb it to go to the right places in your body. Sure, can your body absorb it? Sure, but it's going to poop it out or pee it out, and it's not going to go to your muscles, which is where we want it to go. So please don't spend all that time on you know some cardio machine. It's not necessary unless you are training for a marathon because I see people and I've seen them for over 40 years on the gerbil machines. I call the gerbil machines, the treadmills for the people who are like watching TV, reading a newspaper, reading, a, looking at their phone. There's no intensity there. It's about the intensity. It's so I, I do 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, 30 minutes because I'm training for a show right now. I do 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes after my workout, but that's me. I am training specifically for a goal. I'm not training for fun because nothing I ever do, everything I do is with a goal. It's just, I'm one of those crazy people. So if you eat the chocolate cake and if you eat five pieces of the chocolate cake, don't get to upset with yourself. Don't, it's, it's not, it's like falling off a horse and then thinking you could never get back on. You can get back on, you can get back on, but don't think, don't fool yourself into thinking that you need to do more cardio. You only need 15 to 30, 10 to 20 minutes of cardio a day. Again, it comes back to what are your goals? If it's for fat loss, if it's for weight loss, doing cardio, you need to clean up your diet. That's that's really it. It, it, it really comes down to diet. And I have a diet question or a, a food question in a moment, but it, this just occurred to me, steps. Fitbit, 10,000 steps a day, yeah. having to reach that 10,000 steps and thinking, well, if I do that, I'm good. Yeah. Um, look, walking is great. L walking is therapeutic. I, I urge everybody to get outside and walk. It is the new fad. Well, it's been a fad for a while, especially I think started up like during the pandemic. I mean, walking has always been a great thing. Always. If you can get out and walk and that's your first step into fitness, go out there and walk. Please walk. I always tell my clients that if they're new to fitness, go out and walk. See how you feel. Walk for five minutes, walk for 10 minutes. But it's not all you need to do. But again, what are your goals? If you are sedentary and you need to move, 
then get out there and walk for five minutes. Um, it depends on your activity level and your goals. But walking is great. You know, I don't walk enough. I was in Boston this weekend and I walked 10,000 steps one night. And my daughter lives in the city. She walks a million steps a day. I just don't. I live in suburbia. I get in my car and, you know, I'm fit. I'm I'm a very fit person. So you don't have to walk. Walking's not going to make you fit, but it will make you fitter. It will make you healthier mind and body. And that's the wonderful thing about working out is that it's great for the mind and the body. It helps build confidence. The more you do it, the more consistent you are, the better you feel about going to the gym or working out with your trainer or going to a class. It's that building of confidence. And and also it's there's something about that when you're when you're focused on getting fit or getting stronger um, that that feels really good. So it becomes more than, oh, my my body looks better. It becomes, oh, I feel stronger. Yes. I yes. started a, a workout program in January. And when I was doing tricep kickbacks, I'm embarrassed to say that in January, I could do like three pounds. Oh, I'm so embarrassed to say, but yeah. I'm elated to say that when yes. I did them a couple of days ago, I'm at 15 pounds. Yes, I am. And I Nina, was like, that's amazing. I know, right? And yes, it, progress. It feels, yes, it feels great to feel strong. You know, and and when you change your when you change your focus to I want to be strong rather than I want to be skinny or I want to, you know, I want to be fit. Right. Yes. And that and I that's very important. And I always talked like that to my daughters because I didn't want them to have any issues around food um, and eating and being healthy or feeling that whole skinny word just drives me crazy. And with Maybe we could talk about this after the break. Ozempic, a little bit. I don't know. But, you oh, know, that's yes. making people skinny. And I'm very nervous about what it's doing to the muscle mass. And, you know, sure, we could take a pill. We can have an injection now. But where's that going to leave you if you haven't built um, healthy habits and you're not eating enough whole foods and enough lean protein? You're not going to get strong from taking Ozempic. You're just going to get skinny. Um, and skinny... Is not very attractive when the skin's falling off your skin. Yeah. Oh, just skinny off your fat, bones. not good. Skinny okay. fat, right, right. Skinny fat. Well, uh, yes. So we are going to take a break in a moment. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Ozempic. And we can also talk about, you know, weight loss surgery and the promise of that. And mm, we can talk about so many things. And we'll talk about protein. <laughs> and we'll talk about healthy habits, all of it. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a little bit to talk about all those things and more. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you tired of the endless cycle of dieting and binging? Ready to break free from emotional eating and regain control of your life? Look no further than The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina, the transformative radio show that will empower you on your journey to food freedom. Dr. Nina is here to guide you every step of the way. Join her as she delves into the true causes of binge eating, uncovers hidden triggers, and gives you effective strategies for lasting change. With practical tips and inspiring stories of transformation, The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina will help you nurture a healthier mindset 
Embrace self-compassion and rediscover your true self. Resiliency is the human capacity to lean into individual and collective strengths with compassion and grit when faced with the challenges of lived experience. Join host Elaine miller Karras for Resiliency Within, a program of hope and healing designed to inspire you to integrate wellness into your life, your family, and your community. In challenging times, you'll want to tune in every week. Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Have questions for Dr. Nina? Join her on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I am here with Jody Harrison Bauer, host of Fearlessly Authentic, and we are talking about how to age gracefully in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. And we're talking about some of the quick weight loss uh, strategies that are so prevalent in our society right now. Um, Jody, you mentioned Ozempic, personal peeve of mine uh, for many reasons, but right. t- tell us about like why what you are seeing in terms of people using uh, Ozempic and Manjara, and I think there's another one too, to lose weight. Right. So it's a semi-glutide and everybody's using it. Um, and if under the right supervision and for people who have, uh, who are pre-diabetic, it works for them. In saying this, let's just go to the people who really need it. Okay. People who ha- are pre-diabetic or diabetic or have um, issues and need and need this drug. It is a wonderful drug for that reason. However, with that said, those people who are in need of it also need to be creating healthy habits. And hopefully their doctors have suggested that strongly because even though they've lost 30, 40, 50 pounds with this drug, they need to create the healthy habits So when they go off of it, they continue to stay at that healthy weight and do not need to go back on the drug. Now, there are people out there who are using it for weight management. Again, under the right doctor supervision, I've read a lot of information about this. If you are under a doctor supervision and you are getting blood work and you have lost weight under it, again, great as long as you're getting your blood work done and you are healthy. However, if you're not working out, if you, again, haven't created any healthy habits, then you are going to put that weight back on. And what I've seen on, on social media is a lot of women much younger than me who have gotten very skinny, not strong, but skinny. It actually, when you get too skinny, it makes you look older. 
So if you're worrying about aging too fast, getting skinny is going to do that right away. Um, There's nothing better than being fit and healthy to age beautifully as you get older, even in your 20s and 30s. So my feeling about Ozempic is that it's good for the people that need it and for the people who are using it to lose 10 or 20 pounds and then go off of it. Make sure that while you are losing that weight, that you are creating the healthy habits, you are working out because as I said before, you start seeing the skin literally falling off the bones and people aren't eating enough, Nina. They're not eating because what it does is it, it, it like creates portion control to like a really nth degree because people are not eating. They're just not eating. They have no appetite on it at all. And they've gone from eating to not eating, losing weight, but then they're not working out because they're tired. Why? Because they're not eating. Because if you're eating the right foods in the right portions, you are going to have energy and you are going to have muscle mass. Muscle mass does not mean big muscles like Arnold. It just means that you have muscles that fit your body. That's what I'm going to say about that. So I'll I'll take a breather if you want to mention something about Ozempic, but that's my that's my whole thing on Ozempic. Yeah, I mean, from my from my perspective, Ozempic, just like weight loss surgery, it deals with the wrong thing. It it deals with food, like what you're eating instead of why. And right. for a lot of people, they then they lose all this weight, but they never deal with well you know, how are you using food as a coping strategy or to comfort or distract or numb or reward or whatever it is. And if you don't resolve that and find other ways of being with yourself, uh, you know, as soon as you stop the Ozempic or, you know, that so many people have had weight loss surgery and they've right. lost a hundred pounds, 200 right. pounds, pounds, and they, they, they start gaining it back. I see it. And then they come to me and say, oh, I thought I found the holy grail but I realized, mm. no, actually, this doesn't work. So what I've heard with Ozempic and studies are starting to show that when people go off of it mm-hmm. and other similar, the Manjaro, whatever, um, that they they gain more weight back. So they well, end up gain, gaining back more easily. Right. Well, of course. And you, this is why the diet industry is like a, a gazillion dollar business because they prey on people gaining the weight back. They know it. They know people are going to gain the weight back. And that's why I'm here trying to scream from the rooftops rooftops to create these healthy habits because without them, you are just living life without a net. If you don't understand how you need to eat, your relationship with food, if you need to figure out your relationship with food, figure that out before you get any bariatric surgery, any weight loss surgery. You have to because you will gain the weight back. That's why I never like to train the women who came to me and say, I just want to lose weight from my wedding. I just want to lose weight for, for going away with my husband. No, no, no. Like, let's talk about it. And like at the beginning, I sure, yeah, I'll do it. But then as I got older and older, I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. This doesn't align with my mission. I'm not here for a quick fix. I'm, you know, I'll make you look like a a sports car at the end, but we're not going to take this journey as a sports car. We're going to take it like a nice little jog, a nice little fast walk because it, it won't, 
it won't be sustainable. And you've heard me use the word sustainable before. Your eating habits need to be sustainable. How? What kind of lifestyle do you have? Can you sustain these types of eating habits? Do you have somebody who could help you plan to eat? plan out your food? Do you have somebody that you can exercise with regularly because you don't can't be motivated yourself to get to the gym or get to a class or you don't know where to go? Um, finding those people, as I mentioned before, having that coach, having that mentor, having that therapist, somebody who's going to take you by the hand and guide you along the way. That is how you build sustainable, sustainable habits Throughout your life, starting from 20 or starting at 50 or starting at 65, you can do all those things. Um, but don't look for a quick fix, you guys. It Quick fixes never, ever, ever work. They don't. We know. We know. Um, I've seen it. I've, I've Personally, I've never done a quick fix except for, I will tell you, when I was training for my fitness competitions for 10 years, and I'm training for another one, as I mentioned, to compete in November. It wasn't because I was always in shape and always knew how to eat healthy. I just had to pull my diet in tighter and I had to, you know, amp up my training. Um, so I was tweaking it, right? I was tweaking what I was normally already doing, but for the girls that would come to me or the girls that I would see in my 40s when I started competing, I would see the other girls in their 20s. And our coach was wonderful, um, but I saw all these girls gain so much weight afterwards because they didn't make it as sustainable. And and the coach that we had is still a fantastic coach. She told us step by step what to do after a show because you you have all these cravings. And the girls that didn't listen and take it slowly and start introducing new foods into their diet again, the foods that because the last two weeks of a show, your diet like really consists of chicken, white fish, green beans, and asparagus. I mean, that's about it. And introducing the new foods, you'd see all these girls gain weight because it was a quick fix. They did it. Maybe they didn't realize it, but that journey, it's about 12 weeks to get ready for a show. So um, really, if you could take anything away from our conversation today is building healthy habits that are sustainable and knowing being really realistic with what your activity level is and what your goals are. So if you do want to be a long distance runner, then you need to eat and train as a runner. If you want to be a sprinter, um, you've got to train that way. If you want to be a bodybuilder, or if you just want to be a normal woman who feels healthy, who wants to feel healthy, hot and fit and strong in her body, then you need to train accordingly with the person who has the um, background to take you to that that goal. I love it. Tell us when you say healthy habits, because mm -hmm. you could say healthy habits and people can think all kinds of different things. Sure. So when you say healthy habits, what are some healthy habits that you think we need to implement to be our best, fittest, hottest selves? Uh, the first thing that I would tell you is to... Um, try to eliminate. When I say try to eliminate, it's a process. I don't want you going cold turkey is to try to eventually eliminate processed foods from your diet. They're high in sodium. They have lots of preservatives. They are just not good for you. They lack nutritional value and to stay away from also try to eliminate 
foods that are high in sugar. Also, sugar is the worst thing that you can eat. Uh, people see no fat. We went through that no fat, high sugar diet in the 90s. I even fell into it. Um, remember snack wells? I used to eat them by the line. You know, they were just horrible. It was just, hello, can you eat a preservative? It was like horrible. So, um, to try to eliminate sugar from your diet as much as you can. And 80% of the time, try to eat whole foods and try to eat. So that would be a that would be building a healthy habit to try to create um, in your home a place that doesn't have many um, things that would would um, pull you into eating them, like foods that are high in preservatives, foods that are high in sugar, keeping whole foods in your house. So you know that when you open up your refrigerator, when you open up your cabinets, you only have healthy choices. Yes, you you can eat ship food every once in a while. You can do it, sure. But as long as you, so you fall off, it's not even a fall. You know you're doing it, right? You know you're doing it. So don't beat yourself up about it. You're like, yeah, I want this pizza and then I'm gonna have an ice cream after it. Sure, but let's not eat the pizza and, and ice cream all week long. So exactly. know that you're doing it, still love yourself, go, yeah, I'm eating this. People might look at you like they would look at me and go, Jody, you're eating pizza? Yes. And I still love myself. And then tomorrow I'm going back to my regular programmed food. Um, but it takes a long, it takes a while to build those habits of eating whole foods and not sugar and foods that are highly processed. And that's why I say try to eat like that 80% of the time. Nobody expects you to be 100%, 100% all the time, unless you are training and prepping for a specific fitness goal and activity. And it takes about 21 days to build upon that healthy habit. So if you can do something consistently for 21 days, like exercise, I'm going to go to the gym with a trainer I just hired, and I'm going to work out with him or her for 21 straight days. Now, if that trainer knows what they're doing, they will know how to train you for 21 straight days because they know you're trying to incorporate a new healthy habit into your life. Now, if they're talking to you about nutrition or you have somebody else helping you with nutrition, you are going to create a, a situation in your life where you're going to eat how you're going to eat, you're going to have your meals prepared as much as you can or have somebody prepare them so you don't fall off. So you don't so you don't get down on yourself for not being successful. That's the worst thing that happens to all of us. They're like, I didn't eat right today. Forget it. I'm just going to go back to the way I used to eat. No, I didn't work out today. Oh shit, I'm just never going to work out again. No. No, you can go back tomorrow. You can do it tomorrow. And if tomorrow doesn't work, then try it the next day. But in creating the healthy habits, if you can do something for 21 days, then you are on your way to creating a healthy habit. Now, Nina, you mentioned you started training a new program back in January and you're still doing it. And so it's what, nine months, what, seven months now you've been doing it. Yeah. Eight, yeah, eight months, eight months, eight months. And I bet it was hard when you started, right? It was hard. And you probably wanted to give up at times. Right. But you didn't. And there were probably days you didn't work out because you're like, I'm not doing it. 
but you stayed consistent. And that's the hardest thing. I've had this conversation with my daughter. Do it for 21 days. It doesn't have to be perfect, but try it for 21 days. And so when I, I created my, my meal plan back in 2019 after Sports Illustrated, um, which I am rewriting now, Nina, um, I really, really am. It's going to happen. It's going to be really, really good is um, Nina's the author of several books here, ladies and gentlemen. So she has been a bit of a mentor to me about writing these books. So um, in it, I, I include a 21-day journal because I want people to write down how they're feeling, what they're eating. So at day 21, 22, they can go back to day one and go, whoa, I've really come far. And that is why we always need a starting point. Where did we start? whether it's taking a picture, taking our measurements, getting on a scale, having um, our body fat measured, getting our BMI checked, whatever it is, whatever you feel comfortable starting with, that's where we start. I mean, I, I know I'm really passionate about this, but I just, I know how to help people. And again, if they do the things that I suggest strongly to them for them to do, they will succeed but it is hard. I said that at the beginning of the show. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So everybody's doing Ozempic now. It's easy. But what's going to happen when you go off easy? It's going to get friggin' hard. And guess what? It's going to be harder. Because when you lose weight the wrong way, you're going to gain back that weight and more. Look it up anywhere. This is This is a fact. And also, that's the diet binge cycle deprivation leads to binging. Right. So it's just, it's just horrible. We have to learn to encourage ourselves instead of discourage ourselves. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and like, what would you say to a friend if they didn't work out for a day? Would you say, oh my God, you totally blew it. Well, you're never going to work out again. You'd say, so no big deal. Like work out tomorrow. You got this. Right. Things happen. Keep going. But people say that to their friends, but to themselves, they say these horrible, discouraging things that then make them feel bad. And then they end up wanting to eat something for comfort. And it's a whole horrible cycle. So being, being encouraging, like you yes. said, and just being kind to yourself and always fine, what's yes. also very important is having that support system. Uh, even as I'm getting ready for this show, one of the things that my coach said to me is, he looked at my husband. He says, are you supporting her on this? And he said, 100%. He goes, good. And he looked at me and he said, because if you didn't have a support system, I would tell you to reevaluate whether or not you want to do this. So it's very important that whoever you are close to, whether they live with you or not, are providing support to whatever endeavor it is, and that you do have some type of accountability um, with somebody if you can. But that's why I put the journal in there also is to hold yourself accountable so you can look back and see how you feel. A lot of people don't like to put their feelings on paper. I get it. I don't always like to do it either, but it does really help. And with the clients that always did that had the best results. And I did want to get back to a point you wanted to make at the beginning of the show about exercise. So the food that we eat is 80% of the way we feel in our body and the way we look in our body. And all of those things, it's very complicated um, because food food is just a very complex issue, right? Um, it's all about the relationship, the way we were brought up, how we regard food. It is a very complicated thing to approach 
And thank God I met somebody like Dr. Nina, who I could send my clients to, um, because there are a lot of things that I can't do with my clients. And I don't claim to have the experience that she has. So, um, but exercise, what do we do? I mentioned to find somebody who is um, experienced in the field for where you are and what your goals. So, so if you are a 50 year old woman starting to work out, find somebody who's experienced in that, because if you are a 50 year old woman and in your mind, you think you're 30, I think that's wonderful because I think I'm 40. I know I'm not, but I feel that way. But if you are 50 and you are looking at workouts that a 30 year old quote unquote influencer of fitness is doing, who just got her certification over the weekend and is cute and has perky boobs and a perky ass and is showing you what to do. And she's never been married, never had a baby. And you have, um, she's probably not the right person to watch. I actually made a post about this because it just annoyed the hell out of me that we have women, mature women, looking at 30-somethings for guidance. Ladies, they're not your role model. You might think they look great and maybe eventually you want to look like them, but you're not going to want to train like them. You need to train for you and you need to find somebody who's going to help you train appropriately to still get to be the best version of you. You don't want to look like her. Going back to what you said, plastic surgery, whatever, you don't want to look like her. Why would you want to look like somebody other than you? So I always tell my clients, I am not going to let make you look like Jennifer Aniston back when Jennifer Aniston was the goal. She still has goals. But back in the day, I want, I'm going to make you look like the best version of you. And how freaking cool is that? I wish everybody had that attitude because comparison is the thief of joy. We will never be like anybody else. So that's why we have to be our best selves. Yeah. Um, let's just touch on um, weight bearing exercise and the importance okay. of weight bearing exercise as we get older. So important. So in weight bearing exercises, also resistance training, right? So we're resisting that weight, weight bearing. So I always suggest that women start with using, resisting their own body weight first. Can you do a push up on your knees? Can you take um, like a can of beans and do a bicep curl and a tricep extension? You can Google all of these on YouTube. You don't you can look at all of them. But yes, the importance of weight-bearing exercises and a healthy diet combination of the two of them will help you maintain the muscle mass that you've built on your body already. Yes, ladies, you do have muscle on you. You do. That's why you are standing up straight. That's why you can walk around. You do have muscle. So it's very, very important to do weight-bearing slash resistance training exercises to maintain the muscle mass that you have and to feed that muscle properly to prevent injury and osteoporosis. And it takes more calories. Doesn't it take more calories to maintain muscle? So it does. So it, we actually need more muscle than fat. Oh, absolutely. So as you are lifting weights, doing some type of resistance training, weight bearing, and you see, let's just say you weigh 120 pounds and you see the scale go up to 123, but your body fat has come down. Those are goals, ladies. Those are goals. I don't want you to be 120 with 30% or 35 or 40% body fat. I want you to be 123, 125 
with the appropriate body fat percentage because muscle weighs more than fat. So, and it's very important to get essential fats into your diet also speaking of fat. So um, that's why I'm very, you know, pro strong versus being skinny. Skinny to me is not attractive unless I guess you're a runway model and I'm not here to speak about that. I'm here to speak about the normal woman who just wants to feel good in her body, wants to feel strong, wants to feel buoyant and strong and fit. And when she puts on her clothes, she feels like she's the boss, you know, that she's worked hard in the gym and now she puts on those clothes and she feels great about herself and feels more confident. And she's done the hard work to get there and she should celebrate every accomplishment she has because it's not easy. But weight bearing exercises are very, very important, but start low like Nina did. She started with three pounds. Now she's up to 15. You have to have somebody supervising you. Wow. You. Okay, I so for the for those of you listening, I just made a my, made a bicep. Like you couldn't even see anything in my arm, and now like and and I know we only have a few minutes left, but one thing that I learned was I wasn't eating enough protein. Can you briefly just touch on how important it is for us to have? Protein? It's everything. So I said before, protein is the the most important macronutrient. So if there's anything that you can take away from today is that you need to include enough lean protein in your diet in order to maintain the muscle mass that you have in your body right now. So if you weigh, if you are a sedentary person, um, take your body weight, multiply it by 0.6. If you are somewhat active, take your body weight, multiply it by 0.8. And if you want to build, multiply it by 1.0 or 1.5. That So it's you need that protein. For example, 100 pounds, you need to take in, if you are active, you need to take in 100 grams of protein per day. It is going to help you feel satiated. It is going to give you energy. It is going to help you build lean or maintain lean muscle mass. And that is what we want. Protein, protein, protein. Three top things to have in your diet. Protein, lean protein, hydrate. Sorry, I, I'll give you four. Protein, exercise, hydrate and sleep. If you can get all those things in and try to remove as much sugar and processed foods and eat whole foods, those number one protein, lean protein, it is the only way to transform your body from fat to fit. Period. I love it. Period. Thank you. Jody. thank you so much for all the amazing tips and guidance that you gave us today. You're amazing and you are you embody everything that you talk about. Thanks. So please tell people where they can reach you, how they can find you for more. Yes. You can find me on all of my social platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer. That's J-O-D-I-H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N-B-A-U-E-R. And um, I think that's it. Yeah. Just go to Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. That's my name everywhere. And if you're interested in looking at my meal plan, uh, go to jodyfit.com and you can check it out there. It's downloadable um, soon to come a new one. And soon to come a book, right? Yes. No no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jody. It was just a delight having you here on the Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. 
Um, it really is possible to ditch dieting, stop thinking about food 24-7 and banish binging and become strong so you can get back to living your best life while being healthy. I'm here every Thursday at noon Pacific here on Voice America. Please be sure to follow Jody, check her out, and also come back here next week where I'm going to be talking about more tips to create a happier, healthier you. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Each week, she offers valuable insights to stop emotional eating and give steps to lead a joyous life. Tune in next Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.